And the only time I felt uh, relief, uh, emotionally, psychologically, was when I had cannabis. Life was like a living nightmare, and that helped to kind of tone that down and to calm me down and uh, get me in a good mental headspace. And I, I truly think without it, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. I don't know how I would have been able to handle that. Welcome everyone out to episode 77, lucky 77 of Utah in the Weeds. My name is Tim Pickett. I am your host. And here we talk about cannabis culture and medical cannabis in Utah. I'm excited to introduce you to Chris Voss. That's the uh, the music you heard on the intro today was his rendition of the Pixies. Um, and we talk a little bit about that in the interview. We talk a lot about his experience with cannabis as really a life-saving uh, um, plant for him. He was diagnosed with MS during the right at the beginning of the COVID pandemic when the world ended. And remember that earthquake in Utah and how it was just crushing uh, to, to that sense of almost despair. So we talk a lot about that. Enjoy this conversation. From a housekeeping perspective, for the entire month of November, we're celebrating the one-year anniversary of the YouTube channel, Discover Marijuana. And we're giving away something every single week from that, uh, you know, in celebration. And the the prizes ramp up every, uh, every week to the grand prize, which will be announced um, I think in a couple of weeks. So go to that YouTube channel, slam that subscribe button. We're working on trying to increase that reach and make a comment on on how you f feel like those videos help or don't help, or uh, you wanna see a video on some particular topic. Uh, that's, that's where to do it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing to Utah in the Weeds. I'm uh, super excited to just keep working hard on good content and education, and I think it's getting better and better, and I think it will continue to get better. Anyway, my name's Tim Pickett. If you want to reach out to me, the best way to do that is on that Discover Marijuana uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe to this podcast, Utah in the Weeds, on any podcast player that you have or you like, and um, enjoy this conversation with Chris Voss. I guess we should just really like get into this MS thing and this, because you were diagnosed with MS yeah. at 36 years yep. old, yep. right? And you're living here in Utah. And this is exactly the time you, you've, you've got the earthquake and COVID and MS. Like, it sounds like this whole thing happened at the same time. Yeah, it all happened at the same time. I was also going to school full time, uh, working on my thesis for my master's degree while um, doing an internship and uh, being a TA for the teachers up there. So I got slammed pretty oh, wow. hard uh, psychologically. It just it crushed me. 
pretty overwhelming. But uh, the the godsend was the the same month that I got diagnosed was the same month that Dragonfly opened up, and that's just a couple blocks away from my house. So I was looking into that because I was in so much pain. So what happened with me was uh, when I was officially diagnosed. They said, okay, we're going to get you in with the neurologist as soon as possible. And then everything shut down from COVID. So I didn't hear from any doctors. I was calling in every day. I, I couldn't meet with the neurologist for the first two months. So I had uh, no, no kind of medication to help me out um, in any way, shape, or form and no direction either. It was just kind of radio silence. So I had this diagnosis. I was in terrible pain, like all day, every day. Um, just neuropathy. It felt my, like uh, my legs were on fire. So it feels, it feels like you have a third degree sunburn um, just constantly. And down both legs. Down both legs. Yeah. And my legs had also both become numb. So it was a weird feeling. It was like a Novocaine feeling, but also this burning feeling as well. So it was very hard to deal with, very hard to walk, very hard to get around. And man, uh, I, I was waiting on a doctor's note. I was waiting on, you know, trying to get in. And a friend of mine, I know this isn't legal, but I, I am incredibly grateful for him. He gave me an oil pen to try out just to help with the pain. And tell you what, it took things down from, you know, like a seven or an eight down to like a three or a four as far as pain goes. You know, the psychological pressure and burden of all those things, you know, a master's degree, TA, internship, earthquake, COVID, um, psychologically, that was that was crushing. And the only time I felt uh, relief uh, emotionally, psychologically was when I had cannabis. Life was like a living nightmare, and that helped to kind of tone that down and to calm me down and uh, get me in a good mental headspace. And I, I truly think without it, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. I don't know how I would have been able to handle to that. You hate to vocalize this next part, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, I can, I can hear it in your voice, right? Yeah. That, that you're, you're like, okay, I know what I'm thinking about. This is, this is severe depression. This is a place that nobody wants to go to. But I mean, that's, I don't, I, I don't have any idea what it was like for you at that time. But I remember what it was like for me at that time. And I remember thinking how overwhelming it was, especially right after the earthquake that you have, you know, basically the world has just come to a screeching halt and then we're here and then the earthquake happens. And I can't imagine adding severe pain in both legs. And like you're starting a whole new chapter in your life too, being a T with this master's degree and all of that stuff going on <clears throat> in school I, all of the culmination of that is, I totally can I, I feel like I can understand I guess even though I don't know what it was like for you personally that sense right that's what I think is so interesting about COVID and that time is like here in Utah for people who were living here at the time and the, and the earthquake happens like there was this shared sense of 
despair almost right yeah i uh i kind of got freaked out because you know we live in downtown salt lake and i know there are dams up the canyons and i'm like well what if what if this earthquake somehow damaged one of those dams you know there could be a kind of flood out in downtown salt lake and at that time my my mind you know was racing i had all these other things going on and uh I was just like, let's get some fresh water and let's get somewhere safe. So, yeah, that was that was intense. But again, with without medical cannabis, I mean, I don't know if I'd still be alive. I'm, I'm being completely honest. Just the the amount of pressure it was my final semester. I wanted to graduate with my friends. I was having severe fatigue and brain fog as well. So it was just like walking through mud. And, uh, you know, I emailed my professor and the dean and they're like, you know what, this is serious. And I didn't understand and recognize how serious MS was at the time. I was like, I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to you know, hit the road running again. And uh, really, um, I've had to learn how to say no. I've had to learn time management and energy management, not taking on more, more than I can handle in a day. And so... I, I feel like my energy and my productivity, it's around, you know, maybe 60 or 75% of what it used to be. But uh, what's MS like? Like, how did it happen for especially for a young man in their mid 30s? Like, how did this progression with your legs? Did it start in December? Did, like, explain that process. Sure. So um, the the year before. I was diagnosed in winter. Um, the University of Utah does a design-build program, and we had designed a, a house for some Tibetan refugees, and we were in the process of, of physically building that house, digging the foundations, doing all the work ourselves. And I was just, I kept on getting more and more tired. I had had a previous back injury from a car accident, and my back, back kept on hurting more and more. And so I finally got into a chiropractor and started getting adjustments. And uh, one of my feet started going numb. My right foot started going numb. And over the course of the the week, it crept up through my uh, calf, through my thigh. And then my left foot started going numb, crept up through my uh, calf and thigh. And I was freaking out. And a chiropractor sent me in to get an MRI. And uh, showed that I had three bulging discs in my spine. So uh, we were all under the impression that it was sciatica, that it was something to do with the bulging disc that was causing my legs to get numb. And so I continued with chiropractic treatment. Didn't get any better. It got worse until, you know, I could finally find the time to get into a doctor, which was during spring break. Because like I said, it was just, it was school. It was finishing building that house. It was being a TA for the professors up there. I just didn't have free time. So I just kind of pushed through the pain and the frustration until it was just finally too much. And then as soon as I got into a doctor, they sent me over to the ER. So I, for about three months, um, I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was just in, you know, tremendous amounts of pain. And then my mind started to go. It was very hard to focus and concentrate, and my energy levels were just gone. I was just dragging myself everywhere I went. So this isn't all to say, you know, poor me, but I'm just describing, you know, uh, what what I've been through until I got my diagnosis. No, I'm 
Yeah, I think, I mean, that's that's the whole idea, right? It's, and I've interviewed quite a few people with with some pretty severe illnesses and injuries, and yeah, I don't think anybody is, you know, feels like that. But the explanation, MS is a demyelination disease, right? It's a it's a disease of the the central nervous system, and you have a coating around all of your nerve your nerve fibers. And that coating is like an insulator, like a like a power insulator, and it keeps those signals running through the correct channel, running through the correct like pipeline. And MS destroys that coating around the nerve, so to speak, so that the signals are crossing, jumping all over, and you're getting pain signals when you shouldn't be, and you're getting. But then, but then there's this added fatigue to it. You know, and I'm certainly not an expert in the neurology of MS. I just understand it from because I, I'm medically trained and treated a bunch of people with it. But you get it's my understanding that there's kind of either a spinal MS or a brain MS. Is that kind of how it was described to you? So I've got lesions present in my brain and in my spinal cord. And it's it's the weirdest thing because there's absolutely nothing wrong with my hands or legs. But what the signals that I get right now is just numbness in my hands and uh, in my fingertips. You know, it feels really raw, like I've run them over sandpaper. You know, I've had some improvement in my symptoms, but I still can't feel my feet and it still feels like my knees are kind of like ratcheted up. So, you know, I'm on some high efficacy medication right now, but my last samurai still have some progression. Uh, so, my wife and I, we've been looking into clinical trials for stem cell therapy for the treatment of it. And they're doing clinical trials on the East and West Coast. Uh, we're working with somebody in Portland right now, still waiting to hear back on things. They're going over records, but I'm a good candidate for it. But um, essentially, I don't want to say it because I'm not a medical doctor, but it appears to cure MS. They've been doing stem cell treatments for MS in uh, Russia for the last 20 years. They've treated over 2,000 patients over there with just tremendous results. So that's kind of my next leg on my journey with MS. Very excited to hear back on that. When when it comes to cannabis and you starting cannabis, had you ever used, have you ever smoked weed before the event, right? Your, your, your friend giving you the pen? Sure. So, um, you know, it was young and dumb, like a lot of people. When I was 17, you know, uh, I had plenty of opportunities to partake and I had a very difficult home life and I had some kind of traumatic things happen to me growing up. And I, I feel like just the use of it back then just lifted a lot of psychological burdens as well. It just helped me to, to function as a normal person instead of always be on edge. I feel that it's, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of stigmas around it and, you know, what the world sees as a pothead in the United States, just all the media and culture. And I really don't see it that way. It's been nothing but helpful. It's not like I'm sitting in my parents' basement, you know, going through bags of Funyuns and, you know, playing video games all day. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a productive member of society. I don't drive when I'm under the influence, and I typically only use at night uh, to to help build the pain and help get me to sleep. Are you are you typically you started out with a vape pen? Yeah. Once you got once you got access to like Dragonfly that's right by you, 
Yeah. Um, did you start to experiment with different forms? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I picked up some edibles. I was on some online forums and, you know, just uh, asking a lot of questions, finding out more and more. Yeah. So I also got some some of the bombs, some of the topicals to see if that would help out. And it does help out with tight muscles, like the spasticity, but it doesn't help out with the sensation, like the numbness or the burning or anything else like that, because that's actually going on in my central nervous system. It's not taking place in the localized area. Right. The muscle tightness is. And so when I use the cream, it actually kind of relaxes it and and helps me. I also uh, use one of those percussion massagers. Um, they're a little expensive, yeah. but it was worth every penny to get one of those to, to help out with the muscle stiffness. Because you get muscle, you get localized muscle pain from the, like, it's basically the nerves overstimulating the muscles and causing spasms. Yeah, I get that too. Is that what's causing a lot of the fatigue? I I, I don't I think we're so. Getting into the, we're getting into the medical side of it, you know, to to, to really probably stuff that that somebody will call me and, and say, uh, Tim, remember that is not at all what causes the fatigue, but, um, so topicals. And then do you use at night? You're probably using something that's long acting, uh, edibles or oil or something like that. Yeah. I use, uh, Zion's, uh, tincture. I, uh, had a one-to-one to 10 tincture, which was awesome. Um, I now am doing yeah. a one-to-one-to-one, and that's been incredibly helpful. The CBG, just, CBG. Yeah, exactly. The CBG. Do you feel like the CBG makes, you feel like that makes a difference? I feel like it does. I got some uh, CBG flower in one of the packs, vapes as well, and that really helps out because it doesn't affect you. Like, it doesn't give you the head effects, but it does, you know, reduce inflammation all throughout your body. I've also been using, like in conjunction with medical cannabis and, you know, what I'm on medically for MS, I also uh, have changed my diet to an anti-inflammatory diet. If you have MS, you're supposed to avoid dairy because some of the proteins in dairy can mimic the myelin sheath and that can trigger a relapse or a flare-up. So I've eliminated all dairy, all gluten, and all refined sugar. Um, I eat really healthy. And one of the other things to deal with inflammation that I, I practice every day is the Wim Hof method. What's that? It's a, it's a breathing technique. Um, it's this crazy guy over in uh, Poland. Great guy. Many world records. He's, he's known as the Iceman um, for all of his world records, like going up Mount Everest. And <laughs> basically a pair of shorts. That's it. Um, so I do cold exposure therapy as part of the Wim Hof method, which is, you know, cold showers and uh, the breathing technique, which has been clinically shown to reduce inflammation in the body. Um, they injected, can't remember the name of the virus, but they injected some dead virus as a control into other people. It makes them sick within a couple of hours. They get over it fairly quickly, but they injected him. They had him hooked up to all this equipment. He did his breathing technique. He did not get sick. The inflammation levels did not go up. And uh, I think it's something like interleukin-10 or interleukin-7, something like that. It's an anti-inflammatory. That gets released in mass quantities when you do this breathing technique. So um, 
they thought he was a freak of nature. And he said, you know, give me 10 people, give me four days. I'll train him to do the same thing. And he was able to repeat it. So yeah, I, pra I practice that daily to help with inflammation. I have an anti-inflammatory diet. I'm on the medication and uh, medical cannabis too, just reduces inflammation, especially the CBG. So I'm doing everything I can. You're, you are taking the shotgun approach, right? But why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, just, just the amount of pain that I was in 24-7. It was an absolute nightmare. So I was open to anything and everything out there. I didn't care what it was or what the source was. I would try it out. One, one other thing that I do is uh, soft chamber hyperbaric oxygen therapy. You get into this vinyl chamber, zip yourself in. They feed oxygen in through a cannula. It's concentrated oxygen. And then they pressurize the chamber to 1.3 atmospheres of pressure. And that also medically has been shown to reduce inflammation in the body. So I do that as often as I can as well. Yeah, I've seen those even uh, commercially, right? Your these like hyperbaric centers uh, that'll even charge you to go and get in one of those pressurized. We did a lot of, we recommended a lot of hyperbarics when I was involved in GI surgery for wound care, right? For for healing, and it seemed to work really well. I wasn't I wasn't really involved in that piece of it, but the people who did it and um, seem like you know it's just that one more thing but like you say you're you've got a long road ahead of you it's not like you're 75 diagnosed with this i mean at 36 you've got a lot of years so i can see why it's even you feel like it's more important to do everything you can because you're not only trying to cure and trying to like make this disease go backwards but you're also preparing for the future, you know, in 20 years, you want to keep all the, all the myelination you can that exists right. now. Yeah. So when it comes to like, back to our discussion about cannabis, cause I think, um, this discussion brings up a lot to me that cannabis is simply just another tool, right? It's not the cure. You're not curing right. yourself of MS with, with cannabis. It's not the only thing you're doing. Right. It's you're using you're trying to manipulate the, the cannabis intake with as much information and science as we have of the cannabis plant now. Right. Including the CBG, because while there's 120 cannabinoids in the plant, we don't know. Maybe CBC is the right one for you, but we just don't know yet. Yeah. Right. So but as a tool, you're using cannabis to. And, and really that psychoactivity was disassociating you with your pain, right? Taking that pain, it doesn't make it go away. Right. But it's just putting it over there on the couch. Yeah, the perception of your pain shifts with cannabis. You understand and recognize that it's still there, but it does not like dig into you. It just, you know, kind of floats away. You recognize it's still there, but it just doesn't matter as much. It's not the forefront of your mind. And again, psychologically, more than anything else I've done or gotten treated with, uh, cannabis has, has helped me so much like with the quality of life. I realize that what I'm doing and, and what I'm using isn't going to cure what I have, but um, cannabis, more than any of the other things that I've done, has improved the quality of my life like tenfold. 
is that something you're talking about more and more you find that you're a consumer of cannabis you know when when you grew up when i grew up everybody was anti especially around here right did you grow up in utah yes so all the things right all the mormon stuff all yeah. the culture we grew up with all of that bias that we grew up with not only from the religion but from the just the us everybody in the world really looking at weed as the bad the bad thing so yeah do you find yourself talking about it more yeah i i really struggled with it for a while i kept it kind of secret for a while i didn't want to talk to people about it for a while because of all those stigmas it was embedded in me but every time every single time i've talked to somebody about it or opened up about it they're like they're they're supporting me a hundred percent i think socially and culturally utah has changed and I think it might have to do with semantics, saying cannabis versus marijuana. Marijuana, everybody's you know eyes just go crazy. Medical cannabis, it's like nobody bats an eye. It's like yeah, that's great. So I, I think it's great that you know some slight changes in the words that we use may have helped mitigate some of that stigma. I don't know if that's entirely the case, but I think it's part of it. How have your doctors been with your cannabis use? Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> they, they say, do you use it? And I want to tell them what I use and how much I use. And they're like, we don't care. So they're like, yeah, wait. They, they're not we'll interested. Just, we'll just make a note. They, they make a note. They're yeah. kind of dismissive. So it is what it is. I've got to tell you a little side story. When I was, uh, when I first started smoking when I was 17, uh, you know, I never actually paid for anything. I was always just kind of in the place at the time. And it's like, okay, yeah. Because I, I recognized and understood how it affected me positively. I had heard all these bad things about it. And growing up with the D.A.R.E. program, it's like everything's demonic, right? And uh, I, was, I was thinking to myself, you know, even back then, I'm like, well, if it's so bad, why do people do it? Like, there's got to be some kind of benefit. And I think the drawbacks of cannabis, like the benefits far outweigh any kind of drawback that you experience with it and including lots of different medications that I've been on in the past. Like some of the side effects are terrible, but uh, the side effects with cannabis have been minimal. Like the negative stuff. I'm just like, why isn't this more mainstream? Why isn't this more, you know, available? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I find the same thing now. I was more paranoid when I would use it, uh, you know, in my teens and twenties more, I almost, was more paranoid because it was illegal. Like yes. we talk a lot about, you know, once you give yourself permission and you were talked about this too, right? When you started using it again, even medically, you're like hiding it from people, not really talking about it, you know, not knowing what to say, I guess. But once people allow themselves, give themselves permission to use it and to be okay with it, it seems like it opens the door to the mental benefits of cannabis. I find that a lot of the anxiety people have from using cannabis is related to that stigma still in their mind. Less so the actual THC causing right. the anxiety. No, I mean, the first time I went into to Dragonfly, I was scared shitless, man. I was like, yeah. I, I still felt like what I was doing was illegal. 
And uh, I was nervous at the counter and, you know, the bud tenders were all relaxed and they're like, you know what, chill out. It's all right. We'll, we'll walk you through this. I met with the, the physician. Uh, they kind of put my mind more at ease. But um, I, I think I just hadn't processed from in my teens uh, when my parents found out that I was using and their reaction to that. This little anecdote here, um, some friend, you know, he gave me some seeds and I was actually growing uh, a little plant in my room and I named it Sprout. And I came downstairs one day and my dad was staring into my room and he was looking at it pretty intently. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this wasn't so go. smart. Yeah. Uh, gave it to a friend to take care of. It ended up dying. You know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, having those uncomfortable conversations with your parents. And then thinking, you know, it's, it's the devil's weed, you know, my son's gone off the deep end and, you know, he's going to start doing this and that and robbing banks and everything else. So nothing could be farther from the truth, but I hadn't fully processed that. And I realized that was part of my anxiety too. And so as an adult, when I talked to my parents about the use again, they were like, no, that's awesome. Good for you. There were no kind of holdups or no kind of you know, judgments. Yeah. I was like, why was I so scared for so long? We do truthfully live in a very conservative community. You know, yeah. I mean, you can associate with some pretty liberal people and some pretty leftist folks here in Utah, but the majority is still pretty conservative. So has it affected your, uh, your work? Because you work in design build and architecture. Like, has it affected your creativity and things like that? Have you found that there's benefits outside of the medical that's kind of an off question, really, but um, no, no. Do you find it's, that there's uh, there's benefits outside of just pain control or just helping you sleep, or does you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's really personality wise. So I was pretty high strung, and uh, I find a lot more joy and pleasure working on what I'm working on instead of being so anxious and paranoid and this, that, or the other deadlines. I'm like, I know how to do what I know how to do, and I'm going to get it done on time. And I feel like my interactions with my coworkers have improved greatly as well. I feel like, you know, I'm an introvert. And I feel like it's kind of helped, helped me to open up and become more of a social butterfly and not care as much about what other people think of me and not be trying to please other people. I feel like I'm becoming, you know, more of my true authentic self and I'm becoming comfortable with myself. And people are responding very positively to that. You know, it hasn't affected my work quality or my production level or anything else like that. If anything, it's helped. The, the one thing that I was paranoid about, too, was uh, some of the projects I work on are LDS temples. And I was worried how my uh, coworkers would react. And I opened up to, you know, project managers and senior architects. And I'm like, listen, here's the deal. I have MS. I'm in terrible pain all the time. I use medical cannabis. And so it's kind of a, a fun, fun thing to say now that I'm a pothead and I work on temples. So it's, <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but I really was hoping you would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, in, in my own personal understanding of things, you know, the plants here for a reason, it's meant to be used as medicine. And it works as medicine and it's effective and it's uplifting, relieving, soothing, all the things you could hope for. I also uh, have 
struggles with PTSD, um, and it's related to sleep issues, and had some fantastic strains to help me with PTSD, like uh, Tahoe OG and uh, Gorilla Glue Number Four. Those have been great. I'm going to ask you which uh, which strain you'd grow if you could choose one to grow. Oh man! Um, so recently, Dragonfly has dropped in their Nova Pods, uh, God's Gift, and that man. It's awesome. It really is. And I can get into these very deep meditative states where I just go through my subconscious and go through an inventory and say, hey, what are some of the limiting beliefs that I hold that I've held since my childhood that have been dragging me down and keeping me from progressing in life? And I'm able to address issues. Um, it's, it's like therapy with myself going into my own mind and becoming aware of things I wasn't aware of before. I really feel like uh, cannabis has helped me to get into those deeper states and do some, uh, you know, some shadow work, meaning, you know, what were the good intentions behind some of my bad actions in life and helping me to accept myself fully and love myself fully instead of saying, well, I've got these bad things about me and therefore I'm a bad person. So um, mm -hmm. it's really helped me to, it's, it's been like therapy, honestly. Yeah. I, uh, I've had similar experiences with a couple of strains, um, fatso being one of them where you're like, it's like you're behind the waterfall watching the thoughts go. And then you, you actually go back up the river. It seems like in your mind and it can explore these things that are much, much deeper, but you can't, it's, it's like, you can't access that, you know, in the fully, conscious state i don't know there's for me i get that same type of high strong high, a little high energy you know always what they would call like forward thinking and not able to access those those quieter thoughts which i think cannabis can be really helpful for yeah. And that helps healing too, right? Understanding it yourself does. and understanding where all that comes from and helps people move forward. It really okay. does. I'm going to switch gears here because I, I'm interested to know whether or not you still make music on the game, like the Game Boy music, this whole, this, I was listening to some of these things on YouTube and uh, why this hasn't taken off. What, what's the deal? So you do, so explain what I'm talking about there, will you? Okay. So, um, Chris Voss, the, uh, the, I don't know what it's called. What do you call it? It's, uh, it's called chiptune or eight bit music, eight bit music, the eight bit musician. Yeah, do you have a, do you have... I guess my, my yeah, moniker, what that... you're doing. yeah. So my moniker is bolt 44. Um, but a while back, I've always been interested in computers and electronics and programming and all this other stuff, as well as just art in general. And I, I grew up, I was, uh, I had to learn two instruments growing up. I learned piano and trumpet and I dropped out of both of those things. But, uh, one of my loves and passions in my earlier life was video games like, uh, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo, and some of these games I would just turn on so I could listen to the music. Like there was something magical about it. And uh, 
I found this uh, program that some German dude wrote called LSDJ that he flashed onto a cartridge for the Nintendo Game Boy. And it's a four-channel sequencer. So you can sequence and arrange music and play it live. I got into modifying Game Boys. I, I put in a backlit screen for it so I could see it in dark rooms, you know, when playing concerts and stuff like that. And really, I never, uh, my goal was never to become successful. I was, I've just been doing it for the love of it because I would get these tunes stuck in my head, this music stuck in my head, and I would have no way to get it out and get it down. So I learned how to use a bunch of different programs. Most of them are free. Another one is called Schism Tracker. And I just, you know, I write music for the love of it. I was performing for a while. I would just perform in small local venues here. There were a couple of times I got flown out to Ohio to perform, but um, it's never been about money. It's just been about having fun. It's a pretty interesting um, style because it mixes techno and that, but you can hear the gaming behind behind some of those uh, sounds that are classic, I'm 43, and they're classic Nintendo Sega game sounds, right? Yeah. Just really bring you back. I know if I played one, it doesn't even have to be the memory, but my wife would walk in and I know she'd be like, oh, oh, where, where'd you get the Tetris? Or where'd you get that from, you know, that other uh, whatever game we used to play? And it's so classic. And so you yeah. still make some of that now? Um, I haven't written anything in a while, and I, I kind of unofficially retired the project and uh, played my last show. But, you know, it's it's not like I'll never write anything more. But uh, it'd be cool. I know this isn't live. It'd be cool if you could, uh, like on the intro to End the Weeds, if you could have like a short little segment of that music playing or something. I don't know. Oh, um, that's for sure I, what we'll do. No question yeah, about it. And maybe <laughs> even you. Because your uh, what what one of the comments was so interesting, you know, the guy's on Instagram and he and he messages you on YouTube. He's like, "Hey, Christy, I've Insta, I've never met a Taoist uh, chip tune guy." And just the way he strung the the like who he thought you were together was was classic. It was funny. And then listening to your uh, your monologues, right? Because you because this is a long time ago. Oh, your mid twenties at the time, right? Two thousand eleven, yeah, or so. And I, I find that sort of stuff fascinating now with modern technology that we're we're able to go back and watch ourselves dialogue with ourselves. It's so much more, um, yeah. I don't know. It's so much more personal than um, even reading your journal. Yeah, it is because you see the facial expressions, you see your mannerisms, you think you see how you've grown over the years too. It's, it's nice to have kind of a time capsule. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a, it's a built-in time capsule. You're living forever there. So what else is important to you right now that you want to share? You know, uh, cannabis has helped reorient me to, you know, some of my earlier mindsets of life. Um, just understanding, you know, it doesn't matter left or right. Politics are all bullshit. And just realizing, you know, the, the different things I've needed to do for mental health, like delete Facebook, um, what's important to life and me right now. It's not money. Um, it's not things, not objects, not anything like that. It's it's experiences and it's people. You know, connections with people. Money comes and goes. Um, things come and go. 
and people come and go as well, but your connections with other human beings more than anything else, I think is the most valuable thing uh, that you can uh, focus on and try to improve because there's so many people that are just grinding. They're so focused on their careers, focused on money, focused on, you know, cars, social status is a huge thing. People want to be perceived as higher than other people and they'll do whatever they can. They become fake. They are no longer their authentic selves. And so what's important to me right now is just being true to who I am and, uh, and showing love to other people, showing love to myself, having self-care when I know I need it and, and showing love to others and having connections with others. Aside from that, like all the other stuff, it's just so ephemeral. It's just so meaningless. It can provide creature comforts. But as, as long as I have a roof over my head and I can get the food that I need, it doesn't matter where I live or, or what my status is. It's important to remember, especially now with the craziness that is the, the world, the politics, the social media, I think it's harder in, in a lot of ways to do that, but I'm glad that cannabis found you and you found it again. It sounds like it's a pretty good relationship. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm glad that we have the program here in Utah and that we get to share it with other people. Yeah. I think that that's, that's super important. Well, other than your YouTube channel, is there any way, you know, if, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, is that something you are interested in? You know, if somebody has sure, questions sure. Or, or things like that, how would they do yeah, that? Yeah, if anybody wants to reach, uh, so they could reach out to me through email or they could reach out to me through Instagram, which I do keep. Um, and I just keep Instagram around to upload something every now and again. I don't really spend time on it to you know scroll through all the feeds and get stuck in this endless loop of these micro hits of dopamine. Tell us what your Instagram handle is. That's probably better than email. Oh, it's uh, CHVO84. Say that one more time. CHVO84. Well, Chris, this has been really great. I'm glad that well, I got to talk to you. Your story is I'm important. Glad I, I'm glad I got to talk to you too. Yeah. This has been pretty cool. And I think this whole thing about your MS and the, and you know, how you got back into, to, uh, using cannabis, consuming cannabis, fascinating, you know, if we could go back and I could take away the MS and take away the cannabis, I'm guessing you'd give up both. Yeah. But I mean, like my quality of life has improved so much. And again, no, I go to these MS support groups and I've brought up cannabis before and everybody's like, they respond very negatively. They're like, no, I'll use that as a last resort. I'll use that as a last resort. I'm like, use it as a first resort. Holy cow, man. Like they have it in their heads that it's this, you know, awful thing and that it's going to ruin their lives and that they can only use it when they're like in a wheelchair or something. And I'm like, no, no, get it now. Use it now. No, learn See how to how use it now improves. because when it's bad, when it gets bad, you're going to really want to know how to use it already, right? Like, I talk to a lot of people about that. Like, no, use it now. Learn how to use it. Learn all the products. Learn what, what being high feels like, what being stoned feels like, what's sleeping good, sleeping bad, all that. You need to learn all of that now. 
because later exactly. you're going to really like the fact that you know what you're getting, what you're using. And, and it's the symptom management. It's not the curing of the disease that right. anyway, I'm, I'm surprised because I, we see a lot of patients with MS. Yeah. And it must just be my local support group, but it's just, uh, it's, it's mind boggling to, well, I, it's not mind boggling. I understand on some level, but it's harmless. Yeah, it, it pretty much is. When it, when it is used right, the risk profile is very, very low. Very, very low. Well, take care of yourself. And uh, yeah, glad to talk to you. Um, just for, for our listeners, you know, Chris Voss, this has been a great um, episode. You can download this podcast on any podcast player that you listen to podcasts on, Apple, Spotify, all of them, um, utahmarijuana.org slash podcast. You can find our podcast. And if you want to reach out to me, uh, Tim Pickett, then the best thing to do is go to Discover Marijuana on YouTube and comment on one of the videos or on this podcast because it'll be uploaded there. All right, everybody, stay safe out there.